Welcome to Sober Pop Playback, a look into our weekly chat about all things sober pop culture. Sober is not only not boring, it's actually pretty damn entertaining. Are you missing out on all the best sober podcasts, quit lit shows, and hot topics? Do you want to know where to get the latest sober swag or any drinks? Then come hang out with us on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern on the Sober Pop Club on the Clubhouse app. This is a collaborative podcast where anyone is welcome to join the conversation. Grab your favorite booze-free beverage and come to our virtual hangout with all our favorite people. You are officially invited. What you are about to hear is a recording of last week's Clubhouse conversation. Share a screenshot of you listening to the playback and tag at Sober Pop so we can give you a shout out. Thanks for checking out Sober Pop. Where the conversation always always pop. pop. (laughs) I I love it. 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 (laughs) That's the best. My name is Elise, and I am the founder of The Sober Curator and one of your hosts for tonight. We will be recording. That's what the little red dot says. We record this conversation and put it up on Sober Pop, the playback podcast that can be found on Anchor and Spotify and maybe one day on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts. I don't know, Katie Mack. Am I ever going to figure it out? Hard to say. It could happen. But in the meantime, we've got a really fun conversation lined up for you tonight. We're going to talk about relationships that are formed on sober Instagram that then go out and meet each other in real life. I know I have, I have my own personal experiences with that, but we have special guests here to talk specifically about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Before we get to them, I will take it over to the other host. Brooke, take it away. Hey, everybody. I'm Brooke. I am the founder of Sober Biz Babe. I help sober entrepreneurs build their websites, launch their ebooks, or build a podcast, and I'm having a blast doing it. I'm also producing this show, which has been super, super fun, and I am really excited about this topic. I cannot wait to meet all of you IRL. I am stuck in Canada right now, but I heard the borders are opening, so I'm going to get that passport renewed, and then I'll come visit y'all. And uh, yeah, that's that's me. Take it, Katie Mack. Katie Mack, she's taking it. She's running down the field, talking about sports, touchdown. Hi guys, my name is Katie Mack. I'm the founder of Fucking Sober the First 90 Days. It's a narrative podcast. He's season two coming out about Sade, her first 90 days. Buckle up. We're making it, so I really can't tell you how it's going to turn out. Um, you guys, uh, I... I I just got nervous at the prospect of meeting all these people in real life, so I can't wait to hear what it's going to be like. I, I just, I can't think about anything except for, I keep it in the day, you know what I'm saying? Uh, just for just for 24. I can't wait to hear these stories, and these are, these are two people that I follow content hard, so I can't wait to actually, I don't know, like, be in the same space as them. Take it away, Pop Buchanan! Hi, everyone. I'm Pop Buchanan. I'm the founder of Sober is Dope. I'm eight years sober from alcohol use, and thank God I'm here. I'm glad to be with all you good people today. I'm an artist, and I just can't wait to meet all of you people in real life so we could broaden our relationships, and I'm, and I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Um, Mr. Pop Buchanan, could you please plug your new song? Please. Thank you. Oh, definitely check out my new track on Spotify, Apple called Dare Addicts. It was me writing a letter to the addiction community and giving some motivation and inspiration. It is really cool that recovery allowed me to bring, to get my music back and get that zest back to create. And I'm able to fuse it with the sobriety and the message. So it's real cool. Dare Addicts on Apple, Spotify. Check it out. Thank you. That's so awesome. Poppy, inspire me every day. Everyone in this room inspires me. I'm so glad to be here. I'm missing me, the founder of the so- uh, Creative Sober, a community of sober and sober curious creatives looking to connect and uh, virtual meet, maybe hopefully in real life, um, on the journey of sobriety, health, and spiritual awareness. And I do a podcast, and we're about to go into scheduling uh, season three, so I'm super excited about that, and I'm super excited about uh, meeting in real life today. Hello, Naomi. Hey, Kels. 
Thank you so much. Well, our only announcement is to let you know that the calendar of the schedule of topics is up on the SoberCurator.com. It's also under the events section on SoberPop and the Sober Curator on Facebook. It's also here in the Clubhouse calendar. Next week, you're not going to want to miss out. Next week, we are talking about Quitlet and sex. That's right. We will have Amy Dresser here from uh, My Fair Junkie, as well as Tawny Laura here, who, Katie Mack, didn't you just recently meet her IRL? Yeah, it was so great. So It was so great. I was actually just about to hop on and be like, you guys need to listen to Amy Dresner's uh, I mean, like, we are, I mean, the, uh, 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 what is it? What, tell, tell me the name of her book. I'm like your junkie. But if you listen to it on Audible, listen to the book smart version. There's a lot I had to say just now. And meeting, and I'll go back to that. I've never met Amy Dresner. I feel like I have, I've had dreams about her. It's weird. But, um, Tawny Laura is like, she's better. She's better than she seems. She's better. Anyway. So very exciting. If you like reading Quitlet and you like sex, then you'll want to come next week and be part of the conversations that pop. But tonight, we're going to get this conversation popping. We've got two, we've got both coast covers, uh, coast cover. We have Kells with the East Side Sober Squad, and we have Naomi with My Sober Girlfriend. And they are covering both coasts. And they're going to tell us each a little bit about their journeys, um, about what they have going on on the gram, and then experiences they have with getting connected with people on the gram and then meeting in real life. So, Kels, would you like to go first? Hey. Can you guys hear me okay? woo How are you guys doing? Um, okay, so I have to admit, this is the first time I have been a guest on Clubhouse. I've, like, I've spoken. I don't even know the terminology. So you guys forgive me if I sound like a blazing idiot. But um, I'm excited to be here. So thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so as far as my sober journey, I'll just kind of touch on that really quickly. Um, I just hit two years on July 28th. And, um, it was a pretty rough ride to get there, but, um, yeah, it, it happened and I'm super happy. And I got involved, um, on Instagram after about the first year, I kind of discovered the community there and it was super, super helpful. Um, and so with that, I connected with a thousand hours dry, which is just another, um, community within the Instagram community um, with a challenge that challenges people to go a thousand hours dry. And I became a host over on their babes page that kind of uh, catapulted me into service and just trying to give back because, you know, at that point in time, I was far enough along in my sobriety that I was ready to kind of do more. And um, so a few months after that, I guess around December of last year, um, I kind of started feeling like I wanted to start something on my own, something that sort of looked like what I would have liked to have had when I was um, earlier in sobriety. Um, And so for me, you know, what I wanted was kind of like uh, a place to connect with women who were either sober curious or who were sober and who um, just were, were looking for that connection of people who were like-minded and, and wanted to um, wanted to make connections there and just be able to have a safe space to share and talk and feel like, you know, it was a place that they wouldn't be judged or criticized or, um, or ridiculed or whatever the case may be. So with that, that's kind of how my group was started. Um, it it kind of did a few little changes early on. I sort of wanted to keep it like within the Southeast. So I kind of tried to keep it tight. And um, then I started getting uh, inquiries from people who were kind of outside of those borders. And, you know, you certainly can't turn anybody away. And I started to recognize that there was really a need for something like this. And so, um, you know, we, we expanded it. So we went, East Coast, and now we're actually 
everywhere where we've got members all over the country and we've got people in Canada as well as Ireland. Um, so we have people all over. It's, it's been recently pretty wildly successful, way more than what I could have ever imagined or envisioned for something that I started on a whim and kind of really still don't necessarily know what I'm doing. I just kind of like pretend like I do. Um, but it's all going really well, um, overwhelmingly so sometimes. And so it just really showed me that there was a need for, for a group like this. And, and there are certainly others, you know, that are out there that are just as amazing and great. Um, I think one thing about us is that, you know, because we don't have any affiliation or don't support any particular pathway. So anybody can join, um, you know, as long as you're a woman who's sober curious or you're sober, doesn't matter how you're doing it. As long as you want to keep doing it, then, you know, we're, we're all about that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how that went. And, um, we, we have an Instagram page currently. We actually just finished up a meeting. We had a meeting tonight. So we meet every other week on Wednesdays. Um, we do a book club. We do, um, like fitness accountability. We have lots of stuff going on. Um, I do know that, you know, because we now have people all across the states, it sort of, uh, kind of went went against what I was initially hoping for was for everyone to be sort of within the same geographical area. So it would be easier for in real life meetups. That was sort of my, uh, I guess my um, incentive for doing it that way initially. Um, But we have had experience recently. I know with a few members, I believe one was in California, one lived in Austin and one lived in Arkansas, I believe. And they all took a sober vacation together. They met up in Austin um, and, you know, did the whole vacation thing, met for the first time in real life, and it went really, really well. So it's definitely uh, truly a testament to online friends being real friends. You know, it's, it's really insane how we can meet these people without ever really having seen them, you know, physically in the same room and still have this amazing connection and feel so close to people to the point where we are willing to travel across the country to go see them. Um, So, yeah, I I think it's definitely, definitely something that's on the uprise and, you know, we're, we're planning to keep on going just with this, these virtual meetups and, you know, eventually maybe we're going to try to do a sober retreat within the group. So anybody who wants to come, um, who's within East coast sober squad will be able to come and we can all get together and collaborate and meet and have fun and make all the mocktails and do all the things. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of me and East coast sober squad in a nutshell, I guess. I love that so much. Before we jump to questions, we're going to move over to Naomi next. Um, Naomi, let's hear from you. Yeah, great. Um, Hello, beautiful humans. Nice to meet all of you. And nice to have you on here with me, Kels. That's awesome. Uh, My name is Naomi Beek. I help growth-oriented sober women transform their lives through a community of authentic connection called My Sober Girlfriends. Um, I live here in Portland, Oregon. Um, I'm from a small town in Wyoming, but I moved to Oregon two weeks after I graduated from high school. So I've been here for an amount of years. Um, I am in my fourth year, alcohol and marijuana free and just absolutely loving it. I'm just so grateful to my past self for just getting just fed up with that half lived life. It just feels like a freaking miracle sometimes. Um, and I know we're here talking about sober Instagram in real life. So the story that I'd like to tell explains partly why I decided to start the My Sober Girlfriends community. Um, so I was about a year sober and I had been on Instagram just personally, but since I got sober by basically through my own like program that I <laughs> designed for myself, um, I did not really know any other sober people. I knew probably about three sober sober people. I didn't even know that Quitlet existed. I didn't know that anything sober on Instagram existed. 
And so for the first time, for some reason, I discovered Sober Instagram. And I was on one of those really big sober Instagram accounts, you know, where they say like, post your city and you're going to find your new friends. And so there was, you know, people posted Portland, Portland, Portland. And one of those women said, hey, we should actually meet up in real life. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So we met at the common area in someone's apartment. And they were all just wonderful people. But um, from my perspective, we just did not know how to get a good conversation going. Um, I think that when you're used to socializing in an altered state where you're not really yourself, um, basically you get together with other people to get disconnected is like really what you're doing. It can make it really hard to know how to authentically connect with people. Um, I can't remember who it was that was saying something about like, oh, it's kind of scary, like thinking about meeting people in real life. And it does feel kind of scary. Um, and, you know, and for a lot of us, like for me, I didn't see, I really didn't even see authentic conversations being modeled for me as I was growing up. So what ended up happening in this group is that one of the people said, let's just go around in a circle and share sobriety tips. And so I was like, okay, well, I meditate, you know, people like, oh, oh, you know, one other person meditated and it got back to me and I was like, well, I journal, you know, and like one person had tried journaling and it got back to me and I was like, okay, well, I create new rituals around bedtime that I stick to, you know, religiously. And, and I was kind of thinking like, this is not why I'm here. This is not what I came to hang out with these people for. I didn't want to attend a recovery meeting. Um, but I'm also not here for small talk, you know, like I am an adventurous person. I'm willing to expand my comfort zone as a, as a sober person and I'm really craving deeper connection. And so that was my first experience meeting a group of women through sober Instagram, which was not the most satisfying experience. Um, but then I started noticing all these women that were commenting, you know, saying like, I'm so lonely. I, you know, my old friends don't get me. I need sober friends. And I also know that we're living in the midst of what they call a loneliness epidemic, which has really serious health consequences. I mean, they do say that having healthy relationships is the number one factor for people for people having um, like a good well-being. So I spent the next few months just considering what it might look like to create an intentional community that would actually serve sober women much like Kells, like thinking about like, what is it that I, I want or would have wanted, or we actually even want right now. And um, so I started leading events for free. And I did that for over a year, I had a Facebook group and a little meetup group, and I got a little email list going and just trying to figure out like, what do people want? What works for them? What can I really provide that's really valuable? And then looking at myself and like, what is it about me that I can improve so that I can be of more and greater service to these women. And then it finally came up with the vision um, from different things that I've learned that to make my sober girlfriends into a community where sober women can really learn to cultivate these deeper, more conscious relationships with both themselves and with others, and also just grow in that self-confidence um, in living an alcohol-free life. So, um, I launched it as an actual membership in February, so it hasn't been that long, but there have been some women who've been attending events since the very beginning, and it has been just extremely gratifying, and I just feel so grateful to be um, part of, of, of this and seeing just the, the impact that it's had on women who've been in the community um, are constantly, not constantly, it would be like they're constantly telling me how great it is because it's not that, but they're just they do share, they share how much the community um, means to them. And that really means a lot to me and kind of keeps me going. But um, I do want to make an, a, a point, though, about sober Instagram, because it is a whole thing. Um, I mean, there's people who stopped drinking <laughs> like three days ago, and they're, they are recovering out loud. And it's like, yeah, you know, do it, because it's that whole proverbial um, person who was at the resort you know, two days before you got there and they can like show you on the buffet table, like here's where the lobster is and here's where you put your beach chair so you can see the sunset. And it's really helpful to have that person um, to, to be sharing that and kind of, and it's also kind of like the kid who's like standing there looking at the big diving board 
and is like waiting for his friend to go and jump off the diving board. And then he's like, okay, he did it. So I can do it too. You know? So, I mean, sober Instagram is just, it's so, so important for people to have. It's a wonderful tool. Um, but I do think it is also really important for people to make that next step. And even if it's not, um, even if you're not meeting up with people in real life, that still you're having an, like an actual interaction with them through Zoom, because that's really when they're talking about cultivating healthy relationships, like that's really where it happens, you know, through actual interactions. And then also it is possible to to meet people it's not just like that group of people that I met and we just like kind of stumbled through you know a, a couple of interactions because we actually met up again and it, and it just kind of fizzled out but um you know like May and I we met through sober Instagram and I I you know I know things that I have in common with her you know we've had a phone call next time she comes to Portland I would love to hang out with her so May I'd love to hang out with you next time we come to Portland um, and I've met, you know, other people through Instagram, people that have followed my personal account, and that's why they joined my sober girlfriends. And so, I mean, I am all for sober Instagram. It plays an amazing role. And then also real life connections are extremely important. Hey, guys. <laughs> uh Naomi, this is Martha. Um, I totally, I'm sorry, I've been in and out, but I caught your whole share. Um, I kind of did a similar thing when I was um, a bit disillusioned with some sober meetups I went to, and it was all very, it was all just like really granola. And uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm a, you know, put on my party pants and dance kind of. Ch- and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so lame. So I just started throwing my own parties. I was like, let's do this. But, uh, yeah, I just snuck in here, guys. My concussion is okay enough. <laughs> Welcome, Martha. We're glad that you're feeling better. <laughs> we miss you, Martha. Oh, my God, y'all. I have to tell y'all. So, y'all, this I saw this, like, sober IG meets in real life. I have traveled to Phoenix to meet sober friends. I went to Texas to meet sober friends. And now when I vacation, so I've been meeting people off IG for just three and a half years. I've been sober. And I love that no matter what city I go to, I just put that I'm going to be there. And I ended up like, I threw a pool party at my Airbnb in Texas. With, and like I met so many people like seriously like, Dallas has so many sober people I was like this is insane but I ended up throwing a pool party at my Airbnb and um you know it wasn't all recovery talk we're just goofing off having a pool party and that was the stuff that I needed in my life you know like isn't like I didn't know how to go to a yoga class or there isn't a ton of meditation and New York. So, yeah, I totally relate to the idea of just wanting to have a good time, which is like what we did on Just for 24. Can't wait to do it again next year. <laughs> so I have a question um, for the group. And um, I have been able to make some incredible relationships through Sober Instagram in the last uh, let's call it a year and a half. Um, people that I didn't even know that I needed in my life, but now I can't imagine my life without them. Uh, so I think it's super amazing. And May and I met in person at the Funko headquarters up in Everett, which is north of Seattle, and made little mini Funkos of ourselves, which has turned into a whole thing. And it was an amazing day. But one question I have for the group is um, what are the pitfalls that we need to watch out for? Because, you know, if I'm being honest here, um, People that are dealing with addiction and recovery from substance abuse disorder and alcohol abuse disorder, we're not that, you know, we're not exactly the most mentally stable group of people, right? And although everybody has really well-meaned intentions, sometimes people need a lot more help than, you know, what our Instagram sober joy can bring. 
So, um, Kels or Naomi, I'd be curious to know if you've gotten into these situations where you felt maybe you were in over your skis and how maybe you navigated through that situation. Um, I've not personally gotten in any situations like that, but I have to be honest with you, just like the kind of paranoid personality that I have really makes me, I don't know, I think I was just raised to be like suspicious of everybody, regardless of whether you're like a raging alcoholic or not. But um, I, I think because I, to be honest with you guys personally, I have not met anyone in person who I've, who have I, who I've met and become friends with on Instagram. I just know that people within my group that I created have, um, and you know, a lot of that was COVID, and a lot of that is just that these people um, aren't super geographically close to me, and it just hasn't hasn't presented itself. But I think maybe sometimes the paranoia of not necessarily know what I'm getting myself into might override the excitement of, I don't know, I might be okay just leaving it virtual. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I can say that for one thing, when we, like when we met up with those women, you know, I said that we met in an apartment, um, like the commons area in an apartment building. So we were, you know, I'm not going to, somebody that I meet on Instagram, I'm not going to, and this is just anyone, I wouldn't just like invite them over to my house or put myself in some kind of a situation where I'm going to be dependent on um, them acting in a, in a predictable way. Um, and I will say, and so, I don't know, I don't want to get too personal because, you know, I don't know if this woman might end up listening to this, but one of the women that <laughs> was in that group um, that I ended up seeing a couple more times. She was, um, she just had, she was a lot younger than me and just had like a lot of relationship stuff going on that she really wanted to tell me all the details <laughs> that was going on in her relationship. And so for me, it was um, like, it did seem kind of, I was like, wow, this is getting real. Like, this is what she wants to talk about. Like anytime I see her or talk to her, that's what she wants to tell me about. And it was getting so it wasn't that it was like dangerous, but it did start feeling like it was kind of going off the rails in like a direction that wasn't um, a, really of value to me. And so that just kind of like, you know, faded out. But that was another thing where I just made sure that when we were meeting up, it wasn't in a place where, you know, she was like coming over to my house, like an undetermined amount of time or something like that. Um, you know, so it's just kind of common safety stuff like that that I think you have to be aware of. So, uh, Elise, I have a, um, so I got very gung-ho in my early sobriety, and I posted this thing on Instagram that said, uh, and I was just kind of like, hey, I want to make some sober friends, and I was like, so anybody who's six months or less sober, hit me up, and I started a group chat, and uh, seriously, everybody was like, you're not charging for this because at the time I didn't know there were sober coaches and stuff. Like I was just trying to connect people. I'm a connector. I I've done it in business. And that's what I want to do in life, you know? And I'm like, no, this is free. I just thought some people, you know, we might need somebody to talk to. I know I need somebody to talk to. And, um, you know, you get six people on a group chain obviously there was um you know one person kind of just wanted to talk about celebrities and relationship issues all the time and some of us were moms who had like mom issues and some were single and and it was fun and then it sort of it took a turn and that was kind of sad I didn't like that that happened um and how I got out of it, and I hate to say, I I eventually just was like, I have to leave, guys. I'm sorry. This isn't, like, for me. Like, I know I created it, but, you know, I'm, I, this isn't my, my space. 
So I totally would, I could relate to what Naomi said about interacting with someone who's maybe in a different place in their life where they're, you know, I mean, they're younger than you and they're, you know, still figuring out relationships and stuff. And here I am, 36 years old with two kids and no desire to date. So I'm kind of like, I don't care. <laughs> but um, that was it. That was very early on. Um, I will say I did have a couple, I did have some issues with attending events in New York City because there was a lot of competition in New York City for people. I, I'm not sure, but they were trying to turn it all into a business model. And uh, that was rough. Uh, I did notice I have had issues with some people kind of relying on me more than they should or very quick to connect. And that's kind of a red flag to me. Like, I'm not your best friend in two weeks. Like, my best friend I've known for 25 years. So <laughs> um, I think that's become kind of a red flag to me when somebody becomes too reliant on you too fast. Um, I don't know that, that now kind of scares me a little bit, but I just found that the more I can align myself with people who are maybe in the same, you know, have something similar, not necessarily age, but being a parent or being single or those basic things make for a better connection. You know what came up for me with all this? It just came, like, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's right, yeah, yeah, whatever. But, like, it's about adult friendship. Like, what a weird time in our lives. I know I look really young, and I'm just really good looking, uh, just in general. Um, but, you know, I, I'm 35 years old now, and so it, it's, like, a really weird thing to sort of be like, will you be my friend? And so I, I'm curious, you know, not just for the not just for the panelists, but for everybody in the room, like, I don't know. Do you guys have tricks to finding friends or techniques? Like, I have a girlfriend who used to, like, pass out Twizzlers when she was, you know, 10 or something, and that's how she made friends. And I don't know. How do you guys, like, what are some of your good openers? Like, you can tell me how good-looking I am. It's, like, always the best way to my heart. But, like, do you guys have any tricks or something that you learned from somebody? I'm learning. My pen's ready. Go. I'm just kind of laughing really quick because Brandon's and I see Brandon down in the audience and we actually talked about this on a sober pop tip where I was tell, like, I realized I was telling a woman she should go find friends. And then I'm like, wait, we're adults. Like, what, like I'm sorry, there's not a friend store. Like, and it kind of, I realized just what you realized, Mac, where it's like, <laughs> I can't like go to the friend store. Like any other lonely thirty-six-year-old single mothers out there? <laughs> I love the idea of a friend story. I mean, also, you know, I'll piggyback on this before anyone else jumps in. I will also say that the moment somebody says they're in recovery or is sober curious, I'm immediately like, "Oh yeah, yeah, my people, you're cool." So that's like one of my—I don't know—that's that's one of my like passes, I guess. Yeah. Any uh, takeover? Somebody else take over. I will say, Mac. I was. Super, super bold when I was, as they say on Parks and Rec, fracking for friendship. I literally promoted my own happy hours at a restaurant that served mocktails just for the hope of meeting sober friends. It was like maybe it was for the community, but I really just wanted to meet some fun people in my neighborhood. I was actually just going to say, yeah, hosting a podcast is a really good way to make friends because you get to know somebody really well in an hour. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That's how I, how I met most of my, my new digital besties. I feel the same about a podcast too, because like, if you're talking about sobriety, you go deep real fast. And I think for me, like when I'm looking for 
a connection with someone um, just like you, Martha. Like it's like the base things that are important to you. Like, do you match up with the other person? And I think that tells me like how close or, you know, like what the level of friendship I can be with that person. And I don't know, it's weird. Like with my profession and music and just being all over the place. I mean, I've known a lot of people and now that I'm in sobriety, I feel like I'm a lot more selective on who I do let in to me. Like, I guess, I don't know if you call it inner circle or just like attention. And so going back to like what truly is important to me is what bridges that friendship, at least for me. I love that so much. I think I was just thinking back to like the friends I've made in real life that weren't online and it's like doing things like sober karaoke or going on a hike or doing like group activities. You get to meet like like like-minded people who enjoy the same things as you. And I think those are some of my best friendships or people that I can really uh, have fun doing things I enjoy with. One of my best friends is the Sober K on Instagram. And I remember the way we became friends is like, she, like she does only fans and stuff. Like whatever. I worked at, I worked at a porn magazine. I don't care. Um, but at the time I just remember like she was posting bikini pictures and I was posting bikini pictures and I was just like, Oh my God, another sober person who thinks who's like, can be sexy and sober at the same time like I have to know this woman and I was just like we just started talking and now we you know I spend I spent Christmases with her I spent birthdays with her it's just like and um sometimes I don't know she realizes how big of a role she played in my sobriety but I was so scared that I would never get to be hot again like I don't know. I don't know where I got that idea that like sober people don't wear bikinis, but I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. You're just yeah. If you're sober and sexy, just look for other sober, sexy people. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, for me, the way that I have made new friends in sobriety is by and kind of like what Brooke was saying and what May is saying. You're looking for I looking for people that enjoy the same I guess have the same values that I do and are interested in the same things. And so for me it has been attending certain types of like workshops or just alcohol free events that are happening. Like there's um a woman that I found that does these alcohol free retreats that are about um healing women through nature, like using nature as healing. And I, she has now become my friend, the person who leads the retreats. And I've gone on several of retreats and I've made friends um, through that. And one of the things that I do is in these types of environments is whenever there's like an appropriate opportunity, then I will mention that I am sober because that's how I attract other sober people to me. (laughs) If I mention it, then afterwards, you know, people come up to me and they're like, I'm sober too. And so, um, so that's, that's something that I do and that has that's works really well for me. I have to be honest, this um talk is really um therapeutic for me because I don't know, I, I come from like I guess a weird old school sober camp where it was like, you know, my addiction was so crazy. My life was just designed I designed it where, oh my God, listen to that thunder, I guess God God agrees that I need to do better at making friends. But anyway, um, I designed, when I first got sober, it was so much like I became a recluse. Like I was afraid to go anywhere because I was so wild. And um, I just isolated myself to a point to where it became weird for me just to just be comfortable going out. And then so making friends is really important. But most of my friends still use and stuff, but they, they, they don't have problems with their use. So my thing became more or less how can I find the right people in my life, whether they're in recovery or not, that just respect my process so I could feel comfortable going around them. 
And then life kicks in. You start getting busy. Then you start businesses. Then you start going crazy. And then it seems like the time for friends start to become fleeting. Then you go through a pandemic and everything is through Zoom. So this is a real good topic. And I think it's important to bring the focus back to why it's important in recovery to have physical relationships with friends and why it's important to go out your way to really make human connection because that is important. And you can condition yourself through time to just be really comfortable with family or your core people and a few phone calls, but forget that, you know, you haven't really went out and hung out in a while. And I'm going to start doing that again because I just think that's important. I think it's a real good conversation. I'm not going to lie. I just really... You know, connection has became like secondary, you know, and I think it should be something that's primary um, on the process. So thank you all for just sharing this and giving me perspectives on how I could go about really reigniting it um, and physically getting off my butt and actually going to see my friends and seeing you guys and being more into actual human contact versus Zoom or just phone calls. So thank you. I could really relate to what you just said, Pop, because I feel like just this discussion has made me see how I've kind of become a recluse and have really just been leaning on, you know, digital friendships, I guess. And I, too, am really busy and I kind of drown myself in my work and then, you know, the group that that I founded and just all the other responsibilities that come with life, you know, being a single parent and working like my real job and all of the things. And you kind of do lose perspective on, you know, actually being around people in real life. And I think mine stems a little bit too, just from fear of, you know, friendships changing and me worrying about making you know, those real connections outside of the, outside of your computer. Um, I recently went on like a long weekend with a couple of women who I've been friends with for years and years. And these aren't people who drink anyway. So that wasn't even really the problem, but I did, you know, after spending all that time with them, I was really kind of depleted because I just started to really recognize how much I've changed and how much they kind of I mean, they're, they're just who they are. They're not bad people, but I've changed so much that it almost felt like those friendships really were not fulfilling to me. And I gained another perspective about them and the relationship that I had with them. And so I think maybe a little bit of not seeking out real, real life friendships for me has been kind of a fear of not being able to find those bonds that really like hit, you know? Um, and I know I've found that in people who are online, but just getting out there and trying to make more of an effort. So I need to, I need to put the time and give it some space and allow it, allow it to happen for me as well. Go D, go. D is in Vienna. Hey, this is Deanna. Mind if I jump in? Woohoo! Go for it. Can you hear me okay? I yeah, damn, the water's nice. <laughs> um, I have a I have a good tip. Um, volunteer. This is just what I do. Volunteer somewhere that's uh, dear to your heart if you have some time, and get a ride. I don't drive, and I volunteer at a juvenile detention facility which I'm supposed to be at today, but things happened that I could join tonight. So I'm super excited that I jumped in on this conversation. It's so great. Um, and I'm hanging out with hummingbirds too, but I don't drive. And so I have made some potential friends by needing a ride to, to and from places I go. So um, yeah, that's, that's an easy one if you can. And like I say, potential uh, sometimes it's just a ride and it's very much appreciated. And other times it's like, I don't want to get out of the car because we could talk forever. And a lot of those, I'm very open about my recovery. The cow agrees too. 
I'm very open about my recovery. So uh, that does invite some deeper conversations in the car ride. Um, and Uber is super expensive. So yeah, I'm Deanna. And uh, I just also want to say tomorrow I'm celebrating 20 months sober. And uh, Deanna, I'll just say really quick, because you are approximately 12 minutes from me. Girl, I will be your sober Uber anytime. You need something, you know where I am at. Kathy, we'd love to hear from you next. Welcome up. Thank you very much. Um, uh, Deanna, just let you know, I'm in the future, and uh, you uh, are having a lovely day, because um, <laughs> I'm in the UK, and it's Thursday. Uh, I'm Kathy. I'm an alcoholic. I'll be sober um, eight months on Friday the 13th. Um, interesting chat. Um, obviously, most of you are um, uh, in the US or Canada or whatever, so probably not going to meet in real life. But a few people are coming over in September, um, and we've arranged to meet um, from from here. And um, uh, a couple of people in the UK are going to be there for that as well, and uh, another one from uh, Europe. So. We are planning it, with, and it's a good activity because we're thinking about each other. We're thinking about what um, what we're going to need from each other. We've got, I think we've all, uh, are all grown up enough to have a kind of uh, distraction techniques and, and make sure, you know, we're not all going to be in each other's pockets for kind of three days or whatever. <clears throat> but it is, um, it is something I'm wildly looking forward to. It's going to happen. It's not like, you know, a lot of kind of things on the internet. Oh, we meet up. We'll do this. We'll do that. They fizzle to nothing. But this is a this is a different kind of community. Um, it's a real community. It's it's uh, you know people say this is their real life, not not the other way around kind of thing. So um, yeah, I'm I'm interested in these meetups. I think the logistics and stuff again indicate I won't be <laughs> doing one in the states in any time soon. But um, I think it's I think it's cool. Um, all I'd say in terms of tips is uh, I think as a group, maybe manage expectations. Um, that sounds a bit of a downer, but just planning stuff logistically with people, which I've had some experience of. Um, yeah, managing expectations going in uh, is is uh, a good thing to, to have as part of the structure. So um, that's Kathy, and I'm out. Thank you. I just I had one more tip that like came to mind just because um, so I work for the concierge service and they throw these they throw events once a month and they always have alcohol there but I show up with mocktails and the sober people and I've met like four sober people uh, that live across the street from me at this building because I you know I showed I showed up to Taco Tuesday with some AF uh, with ritual AF tequila and um, a mixer and they're like you know what is that and then as soon as they're like oh I haven't drank for this song and this song and it, it's just that's my icebreaker is you know Everybody knows I'm sober, but I bring something to I also always pack LaCroix in my purse. I want to give another, um, what Deanna mentioning getting a ride. That is definitely a good one. I went that uh, retreat that I went to just recently that was and it was a camping retreat is COVID safe. Um, I got a ride both to and from. And so we had a couple hours in the car together and I, I already kind of knew the, the people and actually one of the women, um, she, she is not sober, but her husband is in recovery and she's one of those people that just has like a glass of wine every two months or something. And um, I really think she's going to be a new friend. We have a, uh, we have activities that we do in common with surfing. I did something similar to that, Naomi. I um, There was a retreat, a 
woman I got to know on Instagram was doing and I posted I was offering rides from New York and ended up taking four girls from New York there and like you said we got like two hours in the car on the way to Boston to get to know each other and it was really cool so I guess you can look for events that you're interested in and just be like hey does anybody want to carpool because this is a cool thing I found well and on that note um, Lauren and I are actually going to meet in real life in Vegas um, so obviously we're going to connect with Martin, um, but we both had interest in going to this conference called Mobilize Recovery, which does a lot of recovery advocacy training. And Lauren had been before and I was super curious about it. So, you know, we've made a plan to meet in Vegas. We're staying at the Flamingo. So now we've this, we've got this whole Flamingo theme that's taken a really weird but strange turn uh, that I cannot <laughs> stop and break through. Uh, <laughs> it's like I cannot thing. wait. It's, um, you know, uh, you guys know I have a tendency to overdo things just as such. So, um, uh, but you know, it doesn't always have to be that extreme. You know, it can be um, just finding people that are in your general area. You know, May and I have gotten together a couple of times now. Once was a surprise. She did not know that I was Deanna's Uber, and we showed up, and she was a bit confused seeing Instagram turn real life in front of her without advance warning. Um, but I was in cahoots with her wife, and so uh, fortunately that one all worked out well, I think, right? Yes, <laughs> yes, I would do it again. Okay, good, 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 good. We rode donut boats, and for anyone that is curious about the speed of a donut boat, there is none. Uh, at full speed, they go five miles an hour. It is the equivalent of riding a lawnmower across the lake. <laughs> I think it's slower. <laughs> it's four miles an hour. It's like, yeah, the slowest thing ever. <laughs> I'd love to take this time if there's anyone down below that wants to come up uh, and jump in, say anything. Tyler, welcome. We're so glad you're here. I know you've been wanting to make this for a while, but with a little one, I know that can be hard. Um, Pete, good to see you again. Jenny, Brian, Rebecca, Brandon. We will be doing a sober comedy show again at the end of this month. Rebecca uh, down below is actually who puts that lineup together. Um, so stay tuned for more details on that. Um, the last couple have been hilarious. And the one from July is up on the podcast. So if you missed it, you can go back and listen to all the laughs. Or maybe you just want to laugh again. I have to tell you, one of my favorite things about um, the Sober Comedy Night is getting to meet these comedians and then following them on their social media and then continuing to follow their stories. Um, I have had a lot of a lot of fun with that. So shout out to Rebecca. Thank you for that. I just remembered something that um, Brandon had talked about before. Sorry, this part coming by. Um, but I only know this because the fish concert's coming up in Atlantic City. But the whole thing about um, with festivals and stuff having sober-friendly tents and whatnot and groups that you can meet up with at like concerts and festivals and stuff. That always sounds cool to me. And actually, I'm watching a sober girl's dog from across the street while she goes to the fish concert this weekend. So. So I was, at, I was at the fish show last night in Hershey. Um, I'm here in, in PA. And they're called the Fanatics, PH. And you can find them. It's a huge group of sober people. And I'm going to see the dead on the 21st in Philly. And they're, they're the uh, Warf Rats. And you can find them, too. There's, like, hundreds. And there's a bunch of, I think they're yellow balloons. They might be pink, but I think they're yellow balloons. And it's awesome. It's, it's an unbelievable community. So, um, yeah, there's tons of sober groups at shows. Awesome. Yeah, that the fact that those groups exist, I might actually go to a fish show. I don't know. I avoided it most of my life, but now I'm like, there's a ton of sober people there. I just let go. Martha, I'm there. You tell me which fish show. <laughs> Sorry, I was putting my daughter to bed. But yes, I, I'm jumping up for that. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> the, they've got the Fanatics that Pete's talking about. we got the Fellowship Table. Uh, there's a really cool fish lot documentary on the sober fish community. Uh, if anybody wants the link, I'll show it to you. But uh, yeah, it's so cool. 
Brandon, for those in the room that just don't understand what this whole uh, community is, the fish, will you please give us the, the 411 breakdown? Yeah, I mean, not unlike the Grateful Dead, you know, who were the, the pioneers of it, that, that, uh, there was just, you know, they make show, every show different. They have a different set list, they jam out, they make songs improvise up on the, like the spot. It's a, it's an experience and you know, people obviously go for uh, <laughs> non-sober reasons, but what about us that actually were, let, were there for the music, man? Uh, so the, a lot of us banded together, it's a fellowship, the fanatics, there's all, all kinds of communities. There's the yellow, um, the shirts and yellow balloons, like Pete was talking about, to signify that you are a, ser- a sober person, don't pass me that thing or hand me that item. And uh, it's uh, great to have community to stand strong in solidarity so that you don't uh, <laughs> uh, you know, succumb to the environment. Because if you can get sober there, you can stay sober anywhere. It, it, but I, again, strength in numbers. And uh, for me, it's a, it's a, I have a sponsor who's also a fish fan, so that helps a lot too. This is so helping me understand why <laughs> a friend of mine who um, became sober after me, and he told me that he was like, yeah, I discovered this fish group, and that's what helped me get sober because he's a fish fan. And I was like, what? A fish group? And now it's all just making so much more sense. A fish group. I love it. Well, the lead singer uh, and guitarist, Brandon Sachi, was sober too. Like, he hey, welcome up, Tyler. What you got? Yeah. Hey, everyone. Uh, so, Elise is very much so right. I'm usually either putting a kid to bed or dropping one of my other kids off, um, and I have three. And so um, I'm just really excited to be here. But, you know, I, the last year of COVID, what I thought would be like, just like the worst year of recovery ever because I, I really hadn't gotten into like in the rooms or like lucid or any of these other sober apps. Um, and, but what it ended up doing was one, I had to like track down and find where the good meetings are that were outside of my home group. And two, um, like I got to meet people like Elise and I met people in sobriety that like are amazing from Australia and Belgium and London and Dublin and all over the world. Like people, like I had no reason or rationale to try and find a meeting in Dublin other than the fact that I could and I was quarantined at home and bored. Um, and so, and the other thing that really for me came out of the, um, the, the, the pandemic for my recovery is that I got to meet so many people that got sober in so many different ways. It took me 17 years to get sober. Um, to put anything more than 18 months together. And so when I finally did, it was with a diehard AA group in Austin, Texas. And I said, that's it. That's the only way. Um, that's the only way. And, but, you know, lo and behold, like I've met people who got sober in CA and NA and Dharma and, you know, rational recovery and all these other things that are happy, joyous and free. Um, and so like I've learned to like humble my own self and, um, you know, and really just like you know, have learned to like love the recovery community as a whole, not just necessarily the brand of recovery that worked for me. Um, and I've got to meet some amazing people that I don't think that um, I actually would have had a chance to meet otherwise. So really excited to be here tonight. But I'm like your favorite, right? I just want to make sure. Well, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Tyler, as somebody who didn't get sober through AA, I do find it interesting when I get to meet people who, like, took different paths and stuff like that. And I feel like, you know, just even with, oh, like, the concierge events that I have to go to, like, this one girl looked at me and she's like, how do you do it without AA? And I'm kind of like, I don't know, but, you know, I got to explain my story and it was like, yeah, maybe she like understands me a bit more and I understand her a bit more. And so I'm, I'm down with the learning about all pathways. I think I was just wrong. <laughs> well, we have closed out another fantastic hour. As always, I love this group and the conversations that happen here. Kels and Naomi, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule um, to join us tonight. Everybody get blinky. We love that you came and shared this space with us. Um, Make sure to come back next week. We're talking about sex. That's right. We're talking about sex. And if you have not read My Fair Junkie, you can read it. You can listen to it on audio. I'm doing both. And Katie Mack, you're not wrong. The, uh, The audio has been, it has not been disappointing me. 
I feel like Amy and I are very close now, even though I'm pretty sure she doesn't know who I am. But um, she will be here next week with Connie Laura, and we will be talking about her book and sex in sex addiction, sex and recovery. We're just we're we're just going to talk about sex. That's what we're going to talk about. Anybody have any last words? I'm just seeing salt and pepper in my head right now. Yeah. Brother, oh, right. She doesn't have <laughs> doesn't like I am too. Turned on. No, next week. Next week we'll have it teed up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I could do our scoops intro, but that's about it. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I wish I had a stronger close for this meeting, some kind of like words of wisdom to send you off can with, I, but um can they I don't drink. Oh yeah, please do. <laughs> I just thought of something, which is just to remember that everybody just wants to belong. So if you're out there looking for friends, just remember that they're looking for you, too. Oh, that was Lovely. good. That uh, was really good. And, yeah, just to, to add to that. Elise, you should steal that for the outro. You're not alone. I was, I, was um, raised, I was raised being told to make a friend. You have to be a friend. So. Oh, that's a good one. Mm. That sounds like a shirt right there. Hey, See you next week. Same time, same place. Can't wait to talk about Love you. This podcast is made in collaboration with. Sober Curator, an online magazine and your go-to source for sober pop culture resources. Fucking Sober Podcast, the first 90 days. Sober Biz Babe, web design branding and networking for your sober biz. The Creative Sober and the Creative Sober Podcast. And the Sober is Dope Community and Podcast. Please check out our show notes for links to all of these fantastic sober-run businesses. <laughs>